My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most, because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. Off again with your... Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. Yeah. So who are we talking about today, Matt? Justice, liberty, these ideals appear to be slipping away faster than ever before. How free are you? Could you quit your job, uproot yourself, and move across the country in pursuit of these rights? Or could you preserve your rights before it's too late, unless it already is? Now more than ever, we need to come together, no matter where we call home. Here to unite and share his story is Scott Armstrong of Rebunk News, joining me, Mystic Mark, here on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy this episode with Scott Armstrong. within us but it's been so perverted and stripped down through these 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 whatever you know and we can blame them for whatever they spray in the sky what they put in the food and the water and all this stuff but also just the programming the indoctrination the childhood education you know that all this stuff has pulled us so far away from even exploring our potential you know what i mean and of course keeping us in the rat race every day you know just just barely trying to make ends meet you know like we don't have time to sit and talk about and think about the actual human potential like like if i were to just focus on what i need to do to unlock my pineal gland and then expand welcome to the my family think some crazy podcast today on the show We've got Scott Armstrong. I've known him for quite some time. I was on a previous podcast that he was a co-host of, and now he has a brand new podcast called Rebunk News Podcast, and I'm almost certain it's called that. I, I know it says Rebunk Podcast, but you you did say on a recent episode that you're thinking of rebranding it to Rebunked News. So what's up, man? Tell us about the new show, and first and foremost, tell us how you've been. What's up, Mark? Well, dude, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. You know, you've just been crushing it this whole time. Like, I've just been on this crazy podcast journey too i feel like we kind of started like around the same time you know what i mean absolutely Back in the craziness of 2020 i've kind of hopped from one show to another 
The original show was Truthzilla, the Truthzilla podcast, which that's a hard name. To, it's hard to top that name, but I tried with this new show called Rebunked. Rebunked News. So originally the show was titled Rebunked, right? Because all the crap that they've been saying for the last two years that's been debunked. They're like, oh, that's been debunked. That's been debunked, right? Well, now it's all coming out in mainstream news that it's all coming true, right? Just like we said. And so what do we call that? I say we call it rebunked. And so I was having a, I had Crow 777 on recently, right? And I was going back and forth corresponding with um, with Rose, his, uh, I think it's his wife. Yeah, his wife and, and booking agent Rose 777. Anyway, and in the email, she wrote rebunk. She called the show Rebunk News. And I was like, oh, I kind of like that. Kind of like that. So I'm trying to like, like, again, like kind of rebranding again. I'm like, okay, I'm going to call the show Rebunk News now. But I haven't gone back and updated the graphics or anything like that. But the URL, the webpage is rebunk.news. So it kind of fits. So there you go. Right. And it gives it a more legitimate, I don't know, journalistic standpoint, I guess you could say. I don't know. Something like that. No, I feel it. And I think that it's a, a great show. I recommend everybody tune in and you can find it on whichever app you're listening to this show on. So go over and subscribe, but you've been kicking ass yourself and you've got a lot of really incredible guests on so far. Coincidentally enough, I was just on, this is why we had to push it back. I had a podcast mm-hmm. scheduled YouTube live show with Andreas Sertis and he invited on Rob Dew, who you just had on. Oh, there yeah, was, this, yeah. I had no idea I'd be speaking with him prior to this, but you just spoke to Rob and, and yeah, it's, it's really cool to see, man. You're doing great with your show. And, and a lot of the guests have been top level guests and I've listened to a few conversations and really enjoyed what I've heard. So you're doing great. Have you had any episodes that you're particularly proud of any that stand out so far i mean you're a couple episodes in and and you do have the the sort of you know you've been in it for a while you've done Mm -hmm. multiple podcasts and i have myself a couple different podcasts i'm doing and you see you know as you host a different show like the course of different shows and and how they kind of come together how are you feeling about rebunk so far Oh man, I love it. I love it so much, man. Like it's kind of sad what happened with Truthzilla. Like we kind of had different visions for what the show was, the direction of where it was going. And ultimately I made the decision to leave and kind of, you know, I was kind of more like aggressive with it. Like I really wanted to like aggressively, like just let's go, 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 go. You know what I mean? Like we're going and that wasn't the consensus of everybody. So I'm like, okay, well then you guys can have this and I'm going to go do this other thing. You know what I mean? And I just feel like just having been, you know, just being able to just take it in any direction that I want uninhibited. It's been allowed me to really just, I don't know. I feel really good about it, man. Like it's just, I've, I have like a bucket list. I'm sure we all do. We all have our bucket lists of people that we would love to have conversations with at some point. And I've already talked to like half of them, you know what I mean? Just in the short time that I've been doing the new show. And of course with Truzilla, we had some pretty good conversations, some, you know, really awesome things we, that we were able to accomplish. I'm always proud of that, you know, nothing against, Ed or Megan, you know, and, and nothing against anything, anything at all. Like I have a lot of respect for them and I love, love what we were able to accomplish. But yeah, man, like with the new show, like I would say some of my bigger, some of my, uh, my favorite ones were like, I had Owen Benjamin on. That was a trip, right? <laughs> he's, he's quite the character. So that was awesome. And then Richard Grove was a big one. You know, I've been following his work for a while and I had this plan of like <clears throat> working my way up the food chain of like his, his, his crew to kind of eventually earn the ability to get an interview with him. But I got in with one of his, I don't know, an an autonomy graduate, right? I don't know how familiar you are with the whole autonomy thing that he does. Yeah. 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 But, but they, they have like such a cool community of people. Like after you graduate the autonomy course, 
then you become like, it's like, it's like a, like a, I don't know, like a secret society almost, I guess you could say like of all the autonomy graduates and very, very much like in group preference. And, and, and one of the guys like him and I like kind of, he has a show too called Liberty radio and, and we, uh, James Jordan and we, and we, uh, we hit it off. He came through town because he was moving to Mexico, dude. Like he moved to Mexico and he was on his way coming from somewhere on the West, East coast. I can't remember. And he stopped and we had dinner together and I was telling him about my plan of like working my way up to Richard, like LD, their producer interviewed him. And then the next was to interview Tony Myers, the, the co-host of the show. And then I was like, maybe I could work my way up to Richard then. And James is like, no dude, just here, I'll give you the booker's name right now. Like you just text him. Like he'll come on the show. Like no big deal. So he helped me get Richard on. And yeah, I'd say those are some big ones, like getting in with the Rob Dew and the InfoWars crew. Like I know whatever, whatever you think about InfoWars, I know everyone has their opinions about it, but it's like, you know, I feel honored to be in with that. Those folks, they gave me a channel on Bandot video, which was super cool. Actually, I'm going to Austin this weekend. <laughs> Apparently they're doing a big, it's like the third annual Barton Springs, like picnic thing or whatever. Like I know at least apparently like Owen Schroyer and Alex Stein's supposed to be there just doing like a big party in the park in Austin. So I bought myself a ticket. I'm headed to Austin Friday. Go hopefully party with the InfoWars crew. Dude, Maybe right Alex on. will be there. I don't know. Like that's. I'll hit him up. I mean, yeah. I was just talking yeah. to him earlier. He was telling me he's in, well, today, I don't know when this will be out, but today as this is being recorded, he, he was in Vegas and had yeah, some, yeah, some yeah. trouble at the, at the city council meetings there. But oh, damn. the first video went well, but I guess the second one, they recognized him and, and realized what he was up to, but maybe I'm saying too much. I don't want to, I don't want to let the rabbit out of the hat, so to speak, but yeah, that's awesome, man. And I think, you know, Tony or whoever, or James, maybe James, yeah, yeah, James was right when he said that about Richard. Cause, and I, I found this experience to be true for a lot of podcasters is, is yeah. we're all in this together. There's a mutually beneficial sort of thing going on. And, and Richard has a lot of knowledge to for sure. I mean, he's joined me on this show. I've had the opportunity to meet him in person at pork fest yeah. and, and yeah, I'm really excited moving forward to be able to go out and meet people like yourself and everyone else out in in real life in the field you know take part in festivals and maybe even start our own you know with our mm -hmm. own podcasts and our own followings and and give people an opportunity to step outside of the system because not everybody has the means or the ability to to start a podcast maybe they're more apt to do something else and our shows help bridge them to that information in a way you know to see outside of the the box that they've been, they've been set in, you know, we're all born into these boxes in some way. Others, some are more privileged than others, but you know, it, it feels like, you know, my experience has been the more I learn and share with this show, the more interesting people just synchronistically pop in, like what we just touched on with Rob Dew and, and also Richard Grove. And, and then you mentioned Alex Stein, like all people that we both are, you know, naturally interacting with. I'll tell you another, you know, one that you're already aware of is both of us were in a, a meeting recently with our mutual friend, Matt Raymer. So hey, yeah. there's so many amazing, interesting people that I've met, including yourself that, you know, not everyone I've gotten an opportunity to have on the show yet. And that's why it's great to have you here. And I think getting to know people's story from the beginning and, and what brought them to this point where they're taking it, their full potential, right? Cause we all have a potential to do something as human beings, you know? And, and I think more than ever, 
people love podcasts and it's a, in my opinion, a big, a big reason why is because of the authenticity and the honesty that you hear and experience when you're listening to a show, you know, cause there's no script. I'm not like, Hey Scott, we're going to talk about this, 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 and this. And sure. Some shows are scripted and they have their own value, but you know, this is as, as real as it gets, you know, we're just, mm -hmm. we're just two dudes talking. So without going too far into my rambling thoughts, let's go into your life. I mean, where did this journey of, you know, realizing something was wrong in society and like doing something about it? When did that fire like really kick off inside of you? Cause I feel it, you're a passionate guy and obviously you're, you're very active in this community. You're participating in all these different areas and you even uprooted and moved to a, a place that respected your values. And I know we want to get into that later on, but before we do, when did this journey start for you? Okay, totally, man. Like, dude, it's so crazy. Like, like COVID happened, right? The COVID psyop, madness, whatever you want to call it, however you look at it, you know, something major happened in the world. There was a major shift in, like, like to me, like, I'd been looking into this stuff, like, probably, you know, yourself, like, for a long time. Before this, you know, all the 9-11 stuff, like, reading about, like, you know, Bill Cooper and all this stuff. And so... When, when March, 2020 happened, like I kind of had a framework to understand what was going on. I was like, Oh, and for me, it was, it was when they shut down all professional sports. Like when all the sports shut down, I was like, Oh geez. Now for me, actually I was living, this is funny. I was living in a house with a guy who was a little bit older. There was like three of us. It was like a musician house in Eugene, Oregon. And so it was totally cool. Like we all got along great. Like it was like drums in the living room and like stacks of amps. And it was like, you could just play whatever instruments you want any time of day. And we all got along super good. But this guy that, that owned the house, he was probably like in his sixties, probably like retired. I don't really know what his particular situation was, but like literally what he'd do is he'd wake up and he would start watching CNN on the big screen TV in the living room. And about, I don't know, he'd get up about 10, sit in the living room and watch CNN all day till like two in the morning and then go to bed. Like it was crazy. And like, this was pre COVID, you know what I mean? And I was just like, you know, whatever. That's just what he does. That's fine. I'd always get glimpses of the TV screen. Cause I remember like January, February leading up to the whole COVID thing. I remember them talking on CNN very explicitly about this coronavirus that was being detected in China. And I was like, got to see the progression of like the rhetoric being built up on the mainstream media platforms. And I'm like, Oh no, nah, it's probably just a bunch of bullshit. Right. So like I watched the, the intensity kind of ramp up over those few months, you know, from his perspective or from the perspective of like, you know, CNN, but then, then it just came to a climax there in March when they literally shut down all sports. And I was like, dude, they're not messing around. Like this is the big one right here. When they, when they instituted lockdowns, particularly in Oregon, when they instituted lockdowns, I like I was working for a drug and alcohol treatment center and they gave us letters, travel papers to get to because that was what, you know, when nobody really understood what was going to happen, what the implications were. And I remember being given this envelope of travel papers saying that I was an, an essential employee that I could leave legally leave my house to go from my house to work. And I'm like, dude this is it, man. This is like Nazi Germany, like total fascism, like new world order shit right here, dude. I'm like, this is the big one right here. And I was like, Oh man, this is it. So obviously talking to some of my friends, like Ed in particular, the guy who ultimately we started Truthzilla with, like we were like, bro, what the fuck is going on here, man? Like <clears throat> this is like not, and no, everybody else was just like panicking. And we're like, dude, 
this is it, man. This is the new world order right here. And so the idea was we wanted to like get the word out. Like we wanted to like educate people and teach others about, you know, this history of government corruption and like, no, no, no. Big farmer's not your friend. The government is not your friend. They don't, they're not really trying to help us. And Ed had a pretty big, like, like medical his like medical freedom background, like him and his child's mother were very much involved in like the anti-vaccine movement for a while now. So, and I had a big blind spot to that. I didn't really understand that whole piece of it quite yet. So he was, he was huge in educating me about that whole piece of it. But our idea was like, we got to get the word out, man. And our original idea was making t-shirts. Now Ed came up with the idea. I don't know how everybody else came up with it, but he came, he coined the phrase COVID-1984. <laughs> That was his idea. No, you know, I mean, it was just like one of those things where everybody came up with it at the same time, right? But the idea was like we'd make T-shirts that said COVID nineteen eighty four. We'll give him credit. We'll give Ed yeah. takes the credit on that one. Why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like I invented when I was a kid, dude. I invented this whole thing where you take Oreos, you twist them apart, and then you take the two sides with the the, the the cream sides, you stick them together, and you get a double Oreo. See, I invented that. I don't know how all the rest of you people did, but. <laughs> Not the same idea, like parallel thought, you know what I mean? Like it's that, that's, that, I mean, that's a spooky thing too. Like mm. you see it a lot where like just an idea emerges, you know, and it happens in multiple places at once. Like that's always like, it's almost like ideas, thoughts are just provided to us, you know, and we're just kind of the intermediary to you like construct those in real life. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird how like no, these I things happen. I noticed that in podcasting, even yeah. as a, an audience member, like certain shows would you know release an episode with the same guest and i'd be like oh maybe they were working together yeah. and then now as a podcast host myself having seen that happen to my own show where it's like oh shoot i just did an episode with this guy in the same week yeah. there's no communication like oh yeah. wait two weeks you know it's like we're all parallel thinking and, and contributing to these conversations in our own way but that's interesting that the, the the t-shirt point because when yeah. i when i was starting out this podcast i was hanging out at this like uh it's called like a maker space you might be familiar mm. you might have seen these places there's sort of like a cooperative where you put money in and you're able to use all these expensive tools that maybe mm. you couldn't afford to buy outright right so you go there work on like a metal shop or a woodworking shop they have all sorts of tools there so i was into screen printing and just trying to print with my buddy Danny who has a, a sort of fashion company that he's working on and I made a shirt that said I'm sick of the COVID virus and I probably wore it on a, a, a few podcasts but I underlined of trying to be like you know I'm sick of it but I didn't really catch on as much as COVID 1984 but yeah there was that moment in time when when it felt like you know the world was at a pause and and so many people's lives got turned upside down but when you, you, you mentioned having a blind spot towards the vaccine thing, when you were younger, like before the, the pandemic started, did you contemplate these sorts of ideas? Were you conspiratorial? Like did 9-11 hit you a certain way? Like what, what were your thoughts on that, that generally when you were younger? Well, I mean, honestly, I don't think I really came around to much of this stuff until Probably, you know, whenever that Zeitgeist movie was, was a hmm. real red pill for me about the the Tower 7. I believe that was covered in Zeitgeist, Tower 7. But anyway, the movie Zeitgeist really got me thinking. And then I came across Tower 7. I, I can't remember. It's been so long since I've seen it. But I remember Tower 7 was the big. And then there's a movie by Masuo Mizuko, the 9-11 the 
the new Pearl Harbor. Mm. It's like the five hour breakdown of all the different components. Like I watched that and I was like, Whoa, dude, like there's no going back now. And so if they're lying to us about this, what else are they lying to us about? Right. Of course, it's the whole rabbit hole thing. But man, like growing up, like it's funny. My, my mom was like super, super liberal. My dad was super conservative. And the only time I ever saw them fight was over politics. And then when I was like, I don't know, 10, 11, I don't know, somewhere around then they made the, they, they decided they're never going to talk politics again. And they, I never saw them fight ever again. So, but I would always like ride it. And my dad always had to commute quite a bit. So I'd ride in the car with him and he'd always be listening to like Michael Savage. Michael Savage was his favorite, right? Like, you know, hardcore conservative talk radio. <laughs> so I was kind of always like brought up with that mindset. I kind of found myself aligned more with that than my mom's stuff for whatever reason. I don't know. So I remember dude, like during the two thousands, like I was literally that guy that was like, yeah, these fucking terrorists coming over here. They hate our freedom. Like we need to go get those bastards. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, so embarrassing looking back on that. You know what I mean? I felt yes. that I was a little, you know, younger at that time, but I felt that for sure. Like in middle school and like, there's a, like one year in high school before I started smoking weed where I wanted to join the military because my grandparents are very conservative still to this day. So much like you with talk radio, you know, I would sit in their house and watch them watch Fox news as I'm trying to like talk to them about stuff. And it, it definitely made an impression on me. I remember one time when I had like a BB gun, I put like a target of Osama bin Laden that I got from the FBI website and I started wow. like firing at it. So the programming, like when you realize it's embarrassing in my case, I'm like, oh, how did I, why would I print that out? You know, but, but that's just like how strong it can be. And I think admitting it and coming like to the, the thought like, oh, well, you know, I kind of got swayed there, but I, I'm speaking for myself. How did you feel about, about that? Because I mean, when you get into this conspiracy realm, it's hard to choose a political side because you quickly yeah. see that both sides have sort of corrupt elements and and there are rogue elements there are rogue agents so to speak and and people that stand out but yeah i, I don't want to speak too much for for you but what, what are your mm -hmm. thoughts on that oh man well you know i still you know i kind of went back and forth like oh, in my adult years as well you know i actually maybe there was a there was a brief period of time where i thought maybe i am a liberal you know what i mean i i saw because i Oh man. Like it's just, that's a huge rabbit hole there. Like I, I got involved. Like I, yeah, I saw the system helping people like in a socialized way. And I was like, Oh yeah, maybe I am like, 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 you know, it's really more like when it came to like addictions treatment, you know what I mean? Like, like helping people that struggle mm. with addiction and out in Oregon, they have like, just like, it's all like, just like just free, free healthcare basically out there. I'm like, yeah, of course. So that was a big component of it. I saw, oh man. But yeah. So Maybe we'll go into that a little bit in just a minute here, but, but yeah, so then, but then I like kind of just re, re bounce back and forth. And then like, I, now I'm at the point where I just hate labels, period, dude. I just hate, I can't stand like any of these labels. And then I feel like that's such a, an, an instrumental piece of their divide and conquer strategy is to attach labels to us so that we can not only like galvanize our position with our like-minded people who also carry those labels, but then we also have a label of people across the aisle that we can project all of our anger and hatred and fear towards. Right. And so it's just instrumental in labeling us and dividing us. But, but even up to as very recently as like the 2020 elections, man, like I was, I, I was still just like, all right, come on, Trump, come on, you can do this. You can do this. Right. Just because I knew the alternative. I mean, I wasn't wrong. The alternative being like just horrible shit, but then you realize it's all, but 
But even up until the leading up to the 2020 elections, I remember very clearly, like even on the show, I was like, you know, hearing like Ryan Christian, Last American Vagabond, Whitney Webb, Charlie Robinson, all these people who I look up to and whose opinions I value very, very much. They're all saying, you guys don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. It's all theater. It's all theater. And I'm just like sitting there like, I know it's all theater. I know it's all bullshit, but I just can't help it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so just get still getting wrapped up in the emotion of it and the, the excitement of like election night and all this stuff. Like we were sitting and like, we got all got together and it was like a big thing. Like, yeah. And then, you know what I mean? And now after that, just like everything just shattered to the point where I'm just like, okay, okay, no, absolutely not. <laughs> like, and so, yeah, I've kind of, and then even from there, you know, and so then like the big overcorrection towards, like anarchy, right? Anarchist, anarcho-libertarian. That's kind of where I've kind of landed, I would say. But even some of those ideas have been challenged recently. So now I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't even know. But 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 although I do feel like at this point, like libertarian anarchist philosophy, philosophy is fantastic. You know, the real world application of it. I can see how there's some there's some stickiness with that. Mm-hmm. But like. Well, it's hard to apply when the system is is where it's at already. So, yeah, yeah, I I see where you're going. And I've experienced that same oscillation of back and forth. I mean, I remember really loving Jon Stewart in The Daily Show. And then I'm like, oh, God, like, how could I have been so foolish back then? But in the time, you know, that's the cultural energy. And I think it's a wise decision to to opt out to some degree like your parents chose to just opt out of talking yeah. about it with each other we have to disengage with it at a certain extent but i think at the same time we can't neglect our our local responsibilities which i'm sure you would agree with which you know you're now in a new place during where you were previously i feel like from what i've heard from people who have moved to Tennessee and other states that offer more freedom. It's that they're getting involved with their local governments more. They feel like there's a better community that they're a part of now. So maybe some of those concepts applied to a place like that could be very useful as like a test case for other cities and towns. Cause that's what we need. We need people to step up and be a role model and lead by example. And a community can, can take that role but i mean even that word has been weaponized to some extent but either way i mean when it comes to your decision to leave mm-hmm. the west coast that was obviously influenced by the you know pandemic we'll say to a large extent but were there other influences that that led to that like you know you mentioned earlier this sort of liberal leaning kind of clinic and like the approach to helping people out there might be a certain way like what are your thoughts on that we recently had a really interesting guest who i'd love to put you in touch with who talked about some what he called warsaw ghettos in california i know you're not in california or weren't in california but but it sounds like the clinics for in some areas are not helping they're 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 contributing to you know people's lack of of health and 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 then the halfway houses too are doing some really strange criminal things at least wow. in this one part of sacramento but but yeah i've never been to the west coast so i'm curious to know what what led to you deciding to come little further east yeah well yeah dude so definitely just i got to see firsthand like 
like I said before, man, like before I even started podcasting, like I, I didn't, I just took freedom for granted. I just took a lot of these things for granted, man. Like if COVID hadn't happened, I'd still be working a stupid office job. Just like probably, you know, looking back now, wasn't like, I mean, I was doing really cool stuff. You know, I was, I was, I was living a good life, but like, I wasn't, I hadn't like achieved like an actualized state where I'm just like, okay, here's like, I have like some real legitimate purpose here. I feel like I was, I was happy. I was a happy person before COVID. You know what I mean? I don't regret anything. I wasn't like miserable, but COVID happened. And then I started podcasting and all this stuff started happening, man. And like, I felt like, like out in Oregon, like it was pretty crazy, man. Like, like the lockdowns happened. I moved in April, the last week of April, 2022, and they had just lifted the mask mandate like two weeks before that. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's it, Oregon had still pushed it as far as you could possibly take it. I ended up losing a job over the, the, the COVID shots. Like they came after all of us forcing us to take the shots and, and I and opted out of that and ended up losing my job. That's a long story there. Like I, I, I was very vocal in the workplace about my opposition to it. And they, they trumped up some bullshit to get rid of me. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's I was like, there, man. I, I think I told you this when I was on Truthzilla, but yeah, I, yeah. I was a delivery guy. And one day I just lost it. I was like, this yeah. is bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they put the laser temperature gun in our face before we could walk in the warehouse. I'm like, this, yeah. is, this is insane, yeah. but sorry to cut you off. Yeah. I just no. wanted to, to relate. Cause, cause yeah, I mean, I was there too. I got, I had a pretty decent job for what I like to do. Delivering mm -hmm. packages, just listening to podcasts all day. But if I never had that situation, this show wouldn't be here. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, it really just activated me and mobilized me. And just to bring the last question up to where we're at now and kind of go to move forward, like, you know, after the idea of making T-shirts, like, then we decided, let's just start a podcast. And then we can, because Ed and I were both big podcast fans. And then, of course, there's all that negative self-talk. And I'm talking to all you podcasters or potential podcasters or listeners of podcasters out there listening right now who are like, yeah, I want to start a show, but... Oh, there's already a million shows out there. There's already a million conspiracy podcasts. Well, that was the same thing I was telling myself. And, and I just decided, we just decided to do it anyway. And then look where we're at now. So just, if you're out there listening and it's on your heart to start a show, you better freaking do it right now. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, that's a little side note, but we got into podcasting and then that turned into us like kind of being like a, like a hub of like an act of a wheel of other people people in the community that were looking for other like-minded people. And then we got involved with the freedom cell movement and we started doing meetups and we got really involved with like kind of an activism role, like in the community, in addition to doing the show. And that's really like, that really like lit a fire in, in me. You know what I mean? Bringing people together, meeting all these people, doing like different like activities together, going to rallies. Like it was, it was, it was amazing. You know, it was a really, really amazing experience in my life that I'm really grateful for having gone through but the day to day in Oregon was pretty rough, man. And you know, there, like, I didn't wear masks in the store. You know, there would be times I'd be the only person. There'd be times I wouldn't even see a face for days. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't because everybody was wearing masks everywhere, man. It was so demoralizing. I was born and raised in Oregon. I love Oregon summers. The winters can get a little depressing. You know, it's a beautiful place. And it's really sad that it's been just co-opted by just insanity, absolute insanity, man. And I'm the bad guy. I'm the evil person for, you know, holding these viewpoints, right? A big piece of it too was, uh, you know, I, I, I've, I talk about it pretty openly about the fact that I'm, I'm in recovery. Like I told you, I was working at a drug and alcohol treatment center. I'm in recovery myself. I've been clean and sober for a little over five and a half years. 
big part of my life and and a big part of that is being involved in the 12 step recovery community you know and that community just got completely fractured you know most of the people there felt that people who continued to meet in person have in person meetings were the worst people in the world and it became this huge controversy and those this tiny group of us that still insisted on having in person meetings were demonized and cast out and all these people that for the last several years who i considered family you know, who helped me so much in my growth and development, you know, now they hated me, you know what I mean? And so like, I lost so many people that were very close to me in my life and the whole recovery community just in general out there got fractured. You know, we were able to still maintain, but it was, it was still just, there was a lot of resentment, a lot of just like a lot, it was really bad, man. And that was a big part of my life that I felt like I was, uh, I was pretty detrimental for me. So there was a lot of things, man. I was in a band. Uh, we were doing some awesome things as well. Ended up leaving the band because uh, I wasn't prior. I was prioritizing the podcast over the band. And there was also some kind of like, like disagreements, like the lead singer. He was kind of more aligned with the, the vaccines and the BLM stuff. And I love him to death, you know, nothing against him. It's just like we, before, before COVID, we were able to just get along great. No problem. Yeah. We'd make fun of each other for like having these weird little differences. Right. But then it became COVID happens and then it becomes like the worst thing in the world. Right. So we were able to maintain for a while there up until September. I think it was like October, 2021 when I, when I eventually, it was kind of a mutual decision that I was going to leave the band, whatever. Truthzilla ended in January, 2022. I'd been wanting to leave for a while, but then all of my attachments kind of fell away at the same time. And, and I was like, okay, I'm going. I don't really know where I'm going, but I'm going to go. I'm moving, you know? So yeah, man, it, it was. And, and one of the things too, is like in Oregon, I feel like myself included COVID happened and a lot of people just didn't realize like that, that freedom and Liberty was like a, a, a value that that's important. You know, we all kind of got caught off guard and we were just kind of backpedaling, losing ground every day, like saying, well, 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 wait a minute. No, 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 no. I actually kind of want my, my freedom, you know? And like, we kind of didn't realize what we were giving up or what, what we had that was so special before, you know? And my whole idea was I wanted to go to a place where freedom, Liberty, those sorts of values are so deeply entrenched in the culture and the values of the people that live there that it's like, you know, they're just like from day one, they're like, Nope, not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like I, I wanted to be more involved with that type of scene. Also, I wanted to literally come to a place where their recovery community hadn't been so fractured by it, you know? Cause like, even to this day, like the recovery scene out there, there's a lot of great people out there that I love to death, but it's just like the, the community got so fractured you know, and I don't know if that will ever be fixed or repaired. And so I came out here. Okay. So yeah. And then Tennessee was calling me, you know, and I got a last minute invitation from Ryan from the last American vagabond. Cause we'd been in touch. Cause he did, he was, I asked him to be the episode one of the new show, you know, like Ryan, would you do me the honor of being my first guest on the new show? And he was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we stayed in touch. And I told him I was thinking about moving to Chattanooga actually, which is well, primarily because that's where the main like freedom cell is here in Tennessee is down in Chattanooga. So I was going to go get plugged in with all those folks down there. But then last minute, Ryan's like, Hey, if you end up in the Nashville area, you can do your show out of my studio and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to Nashville. So that was kind of like literally like a couple of weeks before I even left to go to Chattanooga, like sight unseen. And then like a listener reached out to me and said, Hey, I hear you're moving to Nashville. I've got a room for rent here if you want. And it just kind of all worked out, man. And so here I am and, 
Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> Dude, that's stellar. And that's the synchronicity that's of podcasts yeah. and, and also yeah. putting yourself out there in a really honest way, man. Cause you know, I myself, I definitely have a, a minor addiction to cannabis. It's not ruining yeah. my life, but it's definitely burning a hole in my pocket. So sure. I, I can really appreciate the fact that you want to be in that broader community because it's tough. You know, I, I myself lost friends that, that have not even come around since the yeah. whole COVID thing. Like they just changed their life completely, it seems. And it's, it's unfortunate, I'm sure... A lot of people are feeling like now, you know, it's August, like, okay, we're out of it. You know, we're, at, we're, we're free and, but don't forget, you know, flu season's on the way. So who knows what might happen next. And, and I think you got out at, at a good time, man, because if anyone's going to try it again, whether it's monkey pox or who knows what, it's going to be places like Oregon. And unfortunately, you know, I'm not too far from New York. I'm not in New York, but Connecticut, we tend to follow suit with what, they do and, and to some degree but uh but yeah if you like oregon summers i imagine you'd probably like new england summers too we, we got a similar climate so definitely make your way up to to pork fest next time oh yeah for sure but I uh, definitely will but there's there's a lot of cool stuff in in tennessee man i just had a really brilliant conversation with William Henry, he's been seen on Ancient Aliens a bunch. He's a Nashville native. I'd love to get you in touch with him. He talks yeah. about this really strange instrument that's built into the Bicentennial Mall itself. So okay. if you, if you want to do an outdoor meetup, I would recommend you get your recovery group there and like do some like talk in meditation and, you know, I don't know how hippy dippy you get, Scott, but I get pretty hippy oh, yeah. dippy and, and, and that's going to get, you know, the resident energy flowing and who knows what will happen. But yeah, a lot of interesting things in, in Nashville. They got the Partha, Parthenon, yeah, the Parthenon uh, yeah. replica and, and they also have a couple other strange things. There's also tons of bodies buried under the city, allegedly. It's an ancient, oh. ancient place. It's in 6,000 years ago, there were, you know, cities there. So, well, cities in, in the Mayan context, you know, maybe like mound cities, what we would think of. But yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that the synchronicity and, and also shout out to the guy who offered you the room for rent. Cause that could yeah. be the biggest challenge, you know, when you're uprooting is like, all right, I get there and now where the heck am I going to live? You know? And, and yeah. with this podcasting, community and all the listeners included in that community were able to reach you know so many you know just with the click of a, a button you know you hit record you edit your podcast you put it out there and then you never know who's gonna find it and respond to it and connect with you and i know from working with sam that like there's hundreds of people who are also in recovery who really gain a lot like they want to support someone like yourself, you know, and I respect that, you know, because you're you're sort of on the same ship, so to speak, you know, and, and you look out for each other. And even though I'm not there being a part of, of Sam Tripoli's, you know, world, so to speak, I've, I've seen the, the love he gets from that community. And it's strong. It's felt by me, too, you know, when I go and see him at, at shows and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I champion that, man. And I, I hope that you do find you know, a pillar in that community that you can mm -hmm. stand underneath and, and be a part of, you know, whether it's 
Tennessee forever or you find another place, New England, was pretty nice up here, who knows? But it sounds like you got yourself rooted in pretty deep in, in there. And that's cool to hear, man. Dude, dude, Nashville is magical. It's absolutely magical, man. I don't know what it is, man. Like this, there's something, like you said, like there's some weird energy here, like in a really good way. It's like a nexus point. It feels like it's, I don't know what it is, man. And, and just for the record too. So I did immediately try to get plugged in with the recovery community here and they have an awesome recovery community. And I'm just like already super plugged in. I've made so many awesome friends. In fact, this last weekend, we went like a group of 150 of us in the recovery community, went whitewater rafting out in East Tennessee by Chattanooga on the Ocoee river. Dude. Amazing. So we did like a whole weekend rafting camping trip. So like, I'm like already plugged in with like, and then, and yeah, just by that alone, I'm super grateful for having landed here. But man, when you look out at like the skyline of Nashville, there's like all of these cranes. They're building all of these like new towers. Like the city is just on fire right now. Like people are like just like just literally just flocking here from all over. Like like it's just like the economy is just booming out here. It's insane, man. Like so much opportunity. It's it's almost like just mesmerizing, really. And everyone I've met is like super duper cool. And just talk about a community that hasn't been fractured. Like Nashville's kind of what I would say is kind of blue, I guess. It's kind of a masky type city. I think out of the whole state, it is kind of like like, like the county. I think it's called Davidson County, I think is like blue. You know what I mean? Whereas the, whereas the rest of the state's red. But it's the type of case where like the metropolitan area that ends up being blue is not enough to outweigh the the red of the rest of the state. So you know, you kind of get that in most cities. Even that was the case in Oregon, dude. You have like a little stretch of blue from Portland to Eugene, just that tiny little strip of highway. But that's where all the people live. And so even though the rest of the state is completely red, like the whole thing just goes blue. You know what I mean? Right. Because of the population centers. But Nashville isn't quite big and not, it's not blue enough, right? And so Tennessee is like a strictly red state. And it, and, it, and it's interesting being in a very red state. Like it's, 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 it's mind blowing. Cause I've lived in Oregon my whole life. I'm like, wow, dude. It's like, Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But I've even had conversations with people who are kind of, you know, more, more like, like liberal minded, I guess you could say. And, and then it's just like, people just don't care. It's, it's back to like 2019 where you can have differences of opinion and it's okay. Out in Oregon, they'll burn your fucking house down. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, <laughs> like old Antifa guys, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, dude, out here, it's okay. It's, it feels like it's okay to have like disagreements and just go about your day. It doesn't seem like it, it's, it's that big a deal, you know? And so I'm super grateful for that. But man, yeah, Nashville is just nuts, man. Like I, <laughs> you know, I've met so like, I've already met like people that are pretty high up in the music industry. It's like everywhere. People told me like everywhere you go, everyone you meet, just assume that they're either very high connected in the, in the, in the music industry. They're a musician. They're the brother of some producer or something like everybody here is like in the music industry. It's crazy, man. Damn. Like just by random, random happenstance, I've met some like pretty high up people like in the music industry. It's crazy, dude. Like it's, it's amazing. Well, <laughs> network away, man. I, I yeah. found that musicians are more and more interested, at least the, the, the few that have woken up in, in, what we're doing here in podcasting i just got in touch with a a well-known hardcore i'm not a particularly a fan of this genre but a friend of mine was like oh you gotta interview this guy he's well known and he's a truther now whatever nice. whatever that means you know i know that yeah. word has been misappropriated to some extent but yeah it's it's really cool to see people with artistic talents waking up to that and and i would 
imagine and assume that if any place had that, it'd be Nashville. I know, for instance, uh, Theo Vaughn, who mm. is one of my favorite comedians among many, who left L.A. because of everything going on, and he just wanted to keep working. You know, he's not particularly like he doesn't like talk about any political stuff per se on his show. But you know, hey, he's a guy who likes making money, and money talks. You know, that's that's just how it goes. And and he made it into Nashville, and it sounds like oh. he's doing really good down there. I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Right on. Yeah, Theo's down in Nashville, and there's another really cool comedian. If you're into comedy, which I'm sure you are, yeah, you should yeah, go Zane check out. Zane is right down the road. I've been to a few shows there already. Oh, right on. David Tell. I went and saw David Tell there. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm jealous, man. I'd love yeah. to see Dave. I I was also going to suggest Nate Bargatze because I know he's like the king of Nashville as far as comedy goes. Like he's yeah. one of the... Well, check that out. Yeah, Nate is, is big out there. But yeah, it's it's a cool place to be. I'm sure the energy is palpable. And I, I've yeah. never been to Tennessee, but I am on the, the other side of the Appalachian, so to speak. And, yeah. and I'll tell you what, there's some magic in the mountains, man. Yeah. Uh, this like... A lot of interesting folklore. I was just down in Pennsylvania and they were, you know, my friend Michael Juan lives in Amish country, right? Mm. And the Amish are way more interesting than, than you might expect at first glance. I, I don't know if you're aware, but the Amish apparently are exempt from social security because mm. they're, they're so, you know, opted out of all these social services that they're not, you know, they don't have to comply and it's federal federal court case backed it up and and everything but i would imagine that if people can figure out how to you know not create a new religion or something like that but just you know create a community where these values were instilled in a place like tennessee or in you know they could be a role model for our community and, and if we could be self-sufficient enough to pull that off, you know, it could it could really make a change. The problem it seems is a lot of those situations end up like Ruby Ridge or Waco, and and I don't know how far you go into that. I'm sure you've talked about those yeah. situations before on your many podcasts, but but yeah, it's it's really interesting to to see how the misinformation around like being self-sufficient, you know, like oh, even, yeah. even from like lawn care, I'm sure you've, you've seen or talked to Jim Gale with the food force abundance yep. movement. And, and it's just tremendous how much of a difference that can make growing your own food. Like the, the amount of money you save from growing your own food, you know, is, is going to immediately save your, save your, your wallet from some stress. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, you know what you're hitting on right here. Like, this is what I like to talk about nowadays. Like one of the things with rebunk that I've really tried to emphasize is like solutions. Like, okay. So we're talking about like all this central bank, digital currency and compulsory vaccinations and all this bullshit, but what are we going to do about it? Like, what are the solutions in this? Right. And for me going back to Oregon and like the freedom cell stuff and, you know, organizing meetups and then Speaking of which, so we touched on this a minute ago, the whole festival thing, right? Like going to all these festivals. So we started a festival in Oregon, like just a little south of Portland. Last year was the first one, and we're doing the second one. It's the weekend of 9-11. So it's September 9th through the 11th, I think, and that's out in Oregon. I'm not going to be able to make it this year, but I've been asked to do a remote podcast to the event, like broadcasting from the event. So they'll have cameras there with, with audience participation and then I'm supposed to put together a panel of people to go on this. So you're invited if you want. I haven't put out uh, invitations to everybody yet, but I think it's going to be Saturday. I think September 10th, I think it is. We're going to be doing a remote 
pod live podcast from Manifest 2022. Yeah, yeah, I saw yeah, I yeah. saw that last year, Manifest yeah. 2021, I think. And, yep, 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 and the original one. And so we're doing it again this year. And we're going to do a remote podcast. And so you're invited if you want. I'll send thank I'm going to send you more information about that if you want. You know what I mean? But uh, cool. Thank yeah, you. I'm supposed to get a big panel of people together and we're going to do a cool, awesome, like live broadcast from to and from the event. So there's that. But anyway, man, so so organizing these spaces for people to meet up, you know, if nothing else, just so that you know you're not alone, right? But then also skill sharing and building our own supply lines. Like that's such a huge critical component to all this. And 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 that's been a huge focus for me, man. It's just like, how do we make, like reduce our dependence on the system as much as possible? Like, because they're going to use every tactic they can to leverage us into compliance, you know, pr- primarily food. Like, I feel like that's going to be the big bottleneck going into the next few years. And we all know their agenda 2030, all that bullshit, right? They're going to want to leverage every means of control over us that they can. And food is going to be a huge one. So how do we, you know, network with local people where we can get our food? And now's the time to do it. If you can start buying your food from local farmers, like get your meat from local farmers and start establishing those connections now. And and I'm, I'm in the process of doing that. I, I'm, you know, speaking to myself when I say all this too, but like, you know, when you, when you establish those connections now down the road, when there's no food in the grocery stores and, and, and these farmers are going to be your only source of food, like they're going to prioritize you because you've helped them up until now, you know what I mean? You're already on their list. You've already got that rapport with them. So now building these relationships right now is so critical, but I feel like right now, like, and, 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 you know, not from a place of doom and gloom and fear and end of the world type shit, but more just like, you know, I think this is the solution, man. They want us to go out there and fight them head on. They want another, like January 6th didn't go off the way they wanted it to. They wanted there to be explosions and murder. And they wanted those people to go in and start hanging politicians from the rafters. That was what they wanted, right? Because that would allow them to take their narrative in the direction they wanted it to go. But it didn't go off the way that they wanted it to. I anticipate there being more of that stuff, right? They want us to be engaged with violence. And so we have to... We don't, we don't want to fall in that trap. And, that, you know, they, they put all the ruby ridges and all that stuff out there to, to generate fear and our tactical response to, like, government oppression, right? But we don't even have to fight them on that level at all. Literally, the solution is, is we just pull back and do our own thing. Very much like the Amish, you know? Freedom Cells, like, like is, is, is a big, like, that's kind of the idea behind it. If you go to freedomcells.org, just on the main page, you can read kind of the mission statement. Um, it's based on like agorism, the idea of agorism, which is like uh, counter economics. Like we're over here, we have our group of people, like instead of, you know, if I'm like a, a, you know, if I'm like a plumber and you grow food, how about I help you with your plumbing project and you give me like six months worth of eggs or something like that. Right. And we, we just do barter and trade or just like in, in group preference and we barter and trade amongst each other and cut the government out and cut these systems out that we don't feel are worthy of our support. Right. And, and it becomes an idea of just scaling up. Like once we build these networks, we can scale up to the point where we can opt out in mass. You know what I mean? And so I feel like that is the solution. That is literally the solution. We don't have to fight them. We can just go over here and do our thing and thrive. Since I've been involved with freedom cells, another, another good one, you know, again, Owen Benjamin, he's a controversial guy, love him or hate him, whatever. He, they've implemented this thing called the Bertaria times app. I don't know if you're, are you familiar with that at all? I remember him mentioning it when he was on Tinfoil Hat. Yeah, Bertaria. Yeah, he's got that community, what, in yeah. Idaho? 
Well, so he he's it's just him in Idaho. It's not really a community in Idaho, but Bertaria, the idea behind that is it's like wherever you're at in, in the world, you know, just even if you live in the middle of freaking Long Island, New York City, like you can have like a few plants on your windowsill. Like that's your Bertaria right there, you know? You can grow some food in your backyard. That's your Bertaria. The idea is to build your Bertaria wherever you're at, right? But the idea with the app is like the network. Find other people, like-minded people in your community who are growing, growing food, farmers. Like it's it's a great, great app because everything like it's funny because, you know, as demonized as he is for his like, you know, free speech and not taking any bullshit, not allowing anybody to censor his speech, the Bertaria Times app is completely censored. You're not allowed to post anything on there except like healthy, positive, like stuff about like farming, gardening, networking, like your family, like just crushing stuff about crushing in general. And it's been a great tool to network with other people that are kind of about that mentality. You know what I mean? And right. so, well, it's, it's the values that, that yeah. people have been starved of from this like cultural Marxism as Sam puts it, but yeah, yeah. you're, you're making a great point, man. I, I got to yeah. check that out. Yeah. And I'm just throwing it out there. Like, like these are just tools that we can use to network and build community. Like I feel mm. like that is, the most critical thing that we could be doing right now. You know what I mean? It's just like continuing to develop our self-sufficiency skills. Like just, just, just having, having supplies of stuff. If something does happen, you know what I mean? Like just having food, like kick, kick, you know, kick back, like some cans of food, a couple bags of beans and rice. You know what I mean? Like, and seasoning, if you're going to do all that make sure you have some seasoning. Oh yeah. Really tired of eating beans and rice or whatever. But again, I just want to emphasize it's not from a place of doom and gloom or fear. You know, these are just practical steps that we could be taking now while, and if nothing else, man, like that's, it's a good store of wealth. Like as these, as these prices continue to go up, who knows? Like if we get like full blown, like Weimar Republic or whatever, where it's like, you're going to need a freaking wheelbarrow full of cash just to get a bag of rice, you know, mm. or whatever. So I hate saying that because it sounds like I'm just doing and glooming it, but it's just like, man, no, like no, building, no, no. Building community, dude, like building community is an effortless thing that we can be doing. And it's so, it's so rewarding, man. Like when you get like, 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 so with the Bertaria people, like I, I wanted to get connected with the folks here when I first moved here to Tennessee. So I organized a meetup as soon as I got here, because I knew how to do that from doing the freedom cell ones out in Oregon. So like, you know, basically here's a, here's a tip for anybody that's out there that wants to organize a meetup. Here's what you do. Find your, like, if it's freedom cells, freedomcells.org. If, if there's not a cell in your area, you create one, just start one. And then if you build it, they will come. People are coming to that website looking for community or find some niche community in your area, like whatever it is, like you can go on like Facebook and find like a Facebook group that aligns with something that you're interested in, like a gardening group or, or something like that. And then you just, you, you find a location. Like for me, I, I just rented a pavilion at a park, right? And it was like 40 bucks for like the afternoon. And then you make a flyer, a digital flyer, just get like a JPEG image and put some like lettering on it. And then you post that and that gives it some legitimacy. So it looks like like a digital flyer that then people can share and you just pick a time and a date. Like if you go to the group and you say like, Hey, who's available this day? Who's available that day? And you get a consensus on it. Like you're never going to get like, everybody's got a scheduling conflict. So just pick a date. Just don't care what everybody says. They'll, if they can't make it to that one, they'll make it to one down the road. Just make a flyer, pick a date, find a location, put it out there. Boom. Hey, we're doing a meetup. Potlucks are great for the first one to say potluck, bring some food. And then you're going to get together. And you're going to meet this random collective of people that, you know, are just like, it's amazing. It's the most amazing thing ever. And then you stay and then, and then what I would suggest too, from there, and this is the protocol that we did out in Oregon with freedom cells is that you make like a telegram group, for example, you can pick a different app like discord or whatever. We found telegram to be really useful. But what you do is you make a group that people can join to just get information about the group or the meetups or whatever. 
And, and then from there, you have a separate telegram group for the people who actually attend the meeting in person. So these are the people that actually showed up. These are the kind of the inner circle of people, you know what I mean? And then, and then those people kind of get to know each other and become closer. And so, you know, if you're trying to like structure meetups in your area, like those, that's a really good method that we found works pretty well. So, but that's the solution, man. And, and, and from there, you're going to meet people who like this guy over here needs help with this. And then like, it's just like, it's, it's a big, it's a really cool thing. And if anybody wants any advice on either that or like how to start like a little festival, that was super cool. We just like put it out there. Hey, does anybody have some property? And Mark Johnson, shout out to big Mark, dude. He, he came through and let us use his property. We, we were dude that did like work parties for the few weeks leading up to it. We built a stage, cleared out a bunch of camping spots. And it's just like, it's just awesome, man. So it's, it's really possible you guys. And I really, really highly recommend instead of getting wrapped up in the fear and all the nonsense, dude. And then Bill Gates is going to come inject your whole family, dude, forget all that, dude. Just do meetups, do festivals and just start crushing in your own life. You know, like you can take all that energy and all that fear and just completely divert it into building and thriving. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Outside of the system. And isn't that the best anyway? Like just say, fuck you, fuck the system. I'm over here thriving. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the solution right there. We don't need to fight them. We don't need to go break down the Capitol doors. None of that bullshit, dude. That's what they want. They want that. They want us to be scared, angry, and on the offensive, but no, 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 we can pull all the way back and build the type of world that we want. And this is the time to do it. Right. Wow. Yeah. And I, I love that that's the focus because it's an important one. And, you know, I would say, you know, a few years ago, if you asked me like, Oh, Hey, we're going to do a meetup. You're going to meet a random group of people. I would have been yeah. so nervous. I would have been like, Oh, I don't, I what am I going to say to these people? But now with the community that I've grown to become a part of, and the people that I've met, this is such a tremendous value because, you know, it's great to have internet friends and, and you know, talk to people who live far away. And I have mm-hmm. friends in Norway now. I have a friend in Australia now, right? So that's that's fun. But in reality, you know, am I ever going to meet that person? Chances are no. Are they going to be able to help me in the event of an EMP? No way. I can't even get in touch with them. Are they going to be able to help me in, in the event of, a, of some kind of major disaster or cataclysm? No. So we got to get to know the people that we live around and, you know, make sense to, to migrate to a more sensible community if you have to. But you'd be surprised. You know, like you said, it's only a small strip, of, even in Oregon, of people and, and Connecticut and, and New York feel the same way you know like you go into upstate new york and it's all you know huge pickup trucks and people with flags and and very proud to be here in this country and then you go to new york city and it's like people like in public talking about oh this country sucks and meanwhile they're like you know drinking a starbucks and you know taking advantage of america's all of the fruits without appreciating the the tree that bore it but anyways yeah you know it's 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 important and I'm glad to hear about Freedom Cells. We, I've talked to Derek Bros on a different yeah. podcast before, but No Agenda, which you might be familiar with, yep. they have the meetups that they do oh, now yeah. on their I've website. Been to, I've been to a couple. Oh, yeah. right on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't gotten a chance to get to any of those. And then the Higher Side Chats has one too now, and I use that forum to, to do a meetup in March. But I, I've been a little, I've been a little procrastinating the next meetup. It was very hot the past few months, but I'll stop yeah. complaining and do one in, in September. You've inspired me, Scott. I, I want to yeah, get out. 
It's it's important, man. And and you know, I've heard Sam talk about it too, like doing like tinfoil hat meetups. Like right. I think it was with the episode with Greg, he were, they were talking about it. But yeah, the no agenda. I think it's funny, like the no agenda and higher side chats kind of had like merged a little bit. Like I know Greg said that he kind of formatted his off of mm. the no agenda right. format. But I went to a, a, Port, a Portland no agenda meetup, and like half the people there were higher side chat people. So they kind of like have this like weird. It's a great little confluence, right? Yeah. But, but man, yeah, no, that's, that's, and, and then, you, you know, but it's so crazy too, that like, you know, your my family thinks I'm crazy audience. Like that's your community right there. Like if you can extract like your local listeners there, like that, those are your people like tinfoil hat, like doing tinfoil hat meetups. Those are our people though. That's our community right there. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, like if you walk into a tinfoil hat meetup, right. And you've been to Sam's comedy shows. Like when you go there, you automatically are just on the same level with everybody that's mm. there. You know what I mean? Like you it's, can just vibe with everybody in the room because you automatically are right there. And that's, just, that's how these meetups are, man. Like you just almost intuitively. And, and you know, for me, a lot of it comes from recovery too. Like that's such an important piece of the recovery meetings that we have is that I walk into a recovery meeting and even though I don't, may not know everybody in the room and it's every demographic of person you could possibly imagine, I don't know their story. I don't know anything about any of them, but I intuitively know on a deep level that we have that one thing in common that we're all here to try to get better. You know, and we all have like, you know, this, this like a uh, similar story of just like incomprehensible demoralization that we all kind of intuitively understand about each other. And so it's like these meetups are the same thing. Like we all have this thing in common, you know, whatever it is. And uh, there may be disagreements among the group, right? That always happens. But about certain things, like this guy over here thinks the earth is round. This guy over here thinks the earth is flat, right? And it's like, <laughs> but you can bring them in the room and we can all kind of align on the big picture perspective about questioning authority and, you know, questioning these these bigger things. Like we can get caught in the minutia of it, but like really when you walk into a room of like people who are there collectively to kind of, you know, compare notes, you know, it's a powerful thing that happens. You know? Right. No, absolutely. And whether the earth is flat or round, we can all agree that NASA was founded by Nazis, right? Yes, so at the end exactly. of the day, there there is common ground. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because I, not particularly earth shape, but I do want to know your, your wilder conspiracy thoughts because like I said earlier, you're an active guy. And when I say active, I don't mean like particularly fitness, although you do look like a fit gentleman. <laughs> you're an active guy in the community. And that's really inspiring, man. And, and I appreciate learning about this because I could do more to be a part of my community. For a long time, I was very isolated, you know, like I, I was very comfortable just being a delivery guy that barely spoke to anybody past the people I became friends with in my younger days. And, yeah. and you know, it, that was really now I'm realizing how foolish that was because like, you know, similar to a little similar to your story, I started my podcast with three or four friends and do you see them here now? You know, yeah, like, totally. the, you know, it's like they, they, they're great. I love them. I'm glad they were on the show with me, but they weren't putting in the effort that I needed and, and I wanted to do more shows and all this stuff. And, yeah. and I, I appreciate that you took that same, you know, drive and initiative, you know, because that's, that's what we need. You know, people, get a lot of value. And I know you have a subscribe star, but your show's free, right? You don't cut any parts out, you know, and I do the same thing because I think people need this content now more than ever. And we should be sharing with the, uh, you know, this community because the listeners more often than not have really, really amazing insights. I mean, some of my best guests selections came from listeners of the show. And then also, I mean, speaking of local people, 
a, a guy named Rob, shout out to Rob. He's an awesome dude. He gave me a job, you know? So like oh, yeah. for a little while I was doing, you know, stonemason stuff and just being his like, you know, helper around like little jobs and stuff. But I got out of podcaster midnight owl schedule, so I couldn't, I couldn't keep up, but a shout out to Rob and, and we need more of that. You know, we need more community, local connections, but what are some of the wilder conspiracy mm. theories? I mean, what are your thoughts on like aliens or, or, you know, people's fascination now with the, the simulation, you know, this seems to be creeping in, you know, aliens and the simulation to be more, you know, accepted, like, especially by those people who would be wearing masks and, and jabbing themselves with experimental medicine. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question, man. Like if we're going out on the fringes, man, like I feel like the ones that kind of intrigue me. Okay. So here's a good one. So I think, I think that this whole Trump, the raid at Mar-a-Lago, right. Was to reconfiscate all of Tesla's secrets that Trump had stashed in his freaking, in his freaking, mm. <laughs> in his uh, safe there. Right. Well, there is that Baron von Trump thing, you know, that yeah. old book and the whole yeah. time traveler info and yeah. I mean, do you well, think you, you, that that contributed to his presidency, possibly? Well, possibly. Well, you know how the Trump family has all of Tesla's secrets, right? Right. His uncle, that, John right? Trump. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's all that. And so, I don't know. I mean, that's 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 neither here nor there. But, like, gosh, trying to think of, like, you know, I feel like they're... What we're seeing in the world, man, like like we talk about the spiritual component, like the spiritual... This is a spiritual war, right? And then some people were... were taken under the spell, right? There's so many spells happening and so much, you know, it, I feel like, like the mind control is just overwhelming. Like, like having to be like the inability to break through a lot of it. It's just been like unparalleled. You know what I mean? Like, like a great case in, in point is like Deborah gets red pilled. I talk about this a lot, but you know, that show Deborah gets red pilled. Yeah. Right. And Deborah, you know, still is, is, is caught up in, in the narrative, man. And like, and Adams brought hundreds of guests to red pill her for years on end and she still can't break free. That just shows how deep the programming is. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like that. Right. And I love it. I love Deborah. No, no disparaging remarks to Deborah. Deborah's like a legend in my mind. Like she's awesome. The fact that she's willing to do it says a lot. That's more than most people, but, but the spell that's been cast over humanity is just overwhelming. And I don't know if it's through this. I think a lot of it has to do with the screens with the, you know, whatever it is that's being projected into us through the screens. It's just like, it's, right. it's, there's something, there's something there, man. Like a there's hypnotic frequency. The, the frequency or, you know, have you seen how like the theory about how like even just like circuit boards are some sort of like a sigil, like the, the sigil components of the way circuit boards are laid out to almost like channel entities through the devices, right? If you look like I've seen like actual breakdowns of certain like demonic sigils for like conjuring entities are identical to like certain like a circuit boards like that are in computers or in our devices and like almost it's like a, an invitation an invocation of these entities through our devices right mm. and i feel like yeah evil's always existed in the world and like it's a fascinating debate like what is the nature of evil right one of one of the real interesting talks i had around that was with cheney from project cheney you know we had a really interesting talk about just the nature of good and evil in general and, you know, one of the places we landed on was like the idea of like, you know, there's almost like multiple forces happening at the same time where there's like, there's like, there's good 
And then there's like kind of the opposite of good, which you would think is evil. But I, to me, it's like you have good and then you have like things that are just like negative character aspects, like, like cowardice or being dishonest. And like, you know, those are the opposite of good, but they're not quite evil. Evil is like this separate thing that kind of like can live outside of like, well, you know, it can, it can permeate into either side. Like it's kind of just fluid and just kind of exists. And like, it's, it's almost like the observer out there observing us and it can like seep in. And if that's an entity or if that's just something, man, like, I don't know, but I feel like there's something outside of what we can perceive. So maybe you call that interdimensional. There's some sort of interdimensional entity that is either the cause of evil or that, 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 that can infect us or possess us or something, man, something's happened, you know, something. And I don't know if, and you know, there's the theory about how there, the elites can interface with that force or that interdimensional force on some level. And they get their guidance from that entity. You know, one of the claims is that like a lot of our technology has been in exchange for service to that entity, right? Like the entity will give us technology in exchange for like, the blood of children, stuff like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's some, the Promethean energy. Yeah. yeah. There's like, huh. there's something like to me, like, I feel like I'm a good person. The people that I meet are good people. You know, I've met wealthy people, especially here in Nashville recently. I met a few wealthy people. They're good people. They seem to be good people. I don't think they're out there sacrificing children to this interdimensional evil entity, dude. But if then you go up the ladder, like, and then you read some like the works of like Fritz Springmeier, right? He's got this book called uh he's he's you know, he's known for Bloodlines of the Illuminati, right? But then also he's got this book called and literally the title of the book is The Illuminati Formula Used to Create a Total Undetectable Mind Control Slave. That's the title. Have you read that one? Are you familiar with that one? No, I'm familiar with Fritz, but not that book. Dude, no. you got to check it out. You yeah, get a PDF version you. of it. Check that shit out, dude, because it'll blow your fucking mind. Dude. Right it on. Intense. It is intense. Like, it's the only book I've been reading, and I'm just like, I can't. I have to, like, take a break for, like, six months because it's so dark, mm. so intense. Because a lot of his work that he did was deprogramming people who were, you know, either, like, MK Ultra or satanic ritual abuse that were, that were you know, disassociative, like, mind control victims. And him and his now wife, I think she was actually a mind control victim that he helped what's her name? Cisco. I think he helped deprogram her and then they became, they got married and they actually worked to deprogram other people. And so they learned so much about the techniques that they use. And he also, he also talks about how they worked with people who were involved with the programming side. So he got to know like insiders, like, I don't know if they were CIA or what, but, and then that book, he accounts like all the methods and techniques that they use. And it's all like trauma based mind control, even beginning when, like, and these are like the elites, the elites have children that don't have social security numbers. They just completely exist off the books and they begin the process of ritual abuse. Even while the child is still in the mother's womb, they begin the process of ritual abuse. And, 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 and they, they, they breed, they breed those kids literally to become psychopaths. Right. And, and the book talks very, very candidly about that whole process. And it's insane, man. But, yeah. wow. uh, you know, that's a level of evil. That's like, that I just don't know. And then that's what we're up against. Right. And, and, and it's so fascinating to watch now. It just is almost revealing itself, you know? And I feel like we're building up to this like big, I don't know if like, like the full showdown of evil on earth, 
I don't know, man, but that that's kind of like like the big one for me. It's just like the interdimensional evil entity that's somehow co-opted humanity in such a powerful way, mm. and and our response to it. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Yeah, no. Know. It, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, no. It, it sort of feels like we're talking about an egregore here, possibly, or some kind yeah. of entity that controls many minds at once, or even can like absorb someone's mind just by showing them a symbol or a sigil, like you said. Yeah. But you also brought to mind Jay Parker's work into like certain areas of Delaware and Pennsylvania where they have mm. communities like that, what you're describing, where they raise them to be a part of a certain psychopathic. Well, that's pretty much it. Yeah, they just raise them psychopathic. I was going to say psychopathic neuropathy, but that doesn't make any sense. But anyways, I'm not familiar with that. What, what is this? I'm, I'm, I've been taking notes this whole time. So oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, no, Jay yeah. Parker is, is Jay the Parker. researcher and he's done some work looking into rose valley pennsylvania and recently i did an episode with a couple friends we call the show illuminati confirmed and we talked about yeah we talked about keanu reeves and i found it odd that he actually the first play he ever played in was in rose valley pennsylvania where they have this weird reputation and the first play he ever acted in was this faustian play which was the whole concept is that you sell your soul to the devil for some kind of skill right whether that's musical or otherwise so yeah, it's very strange and then the other thing that came to mind you know you're down there in tennessee not too far away from me there's a place called somerset kentucky that Mm. has a similar reputation and there's a whole podcast series about it called penny royal penny royal yeah penny royal is a region in kentucky and apparently a lot of strange stuff happens there i've never been myself but i've had a a a few podcast guests who have who have spoken in detail about that so yeah it's it's a it's definitely a strange world it makes you want to like have some sort of protection from something like that because like especially when you hear stuff about like sleep paralysis and and i remember sam tripoli having an interview with a woman who had gone very far with methamphetamines and started seeing like interdimensional beings right jessica reed right so i mean there are there are like real tangible examples of this kind of thing that can be like measured in a lab but then there's the stickier, stranger stories that you just can't prove, you know? You have to take it on people's word, you know? And and it's funny, another really awesome podcaster, Tony Merkel, who was yeah. just on the show, he moved to Tennessee recently. Yep. And I think there's some kind of energy moving to that area, you know? Whether it's paranormal or, or, or maybe, you know, not quite paranormal, but liber- liberty, you know, like this yeah. freedom energy is going there too. And I think those all intertwine somehow because the more we open our minds and, and get out of this box that we've been confined to, the more we're able to see the fringe or stranger elements that when you start to look into them, tell us more about ourselves than they do the beings themselves or the reality we're in, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. And honestly, I feel like I, I've devoted so much of the last couple of years just to like reading medical studies and interviewing doctors and all this stuff that I've kind of just left all the esoteric stuff by the wayside. But that's really such a huge fascination for me. Like, I think that the episode we had you on with Truthzilla, like the focus we started talking about. The secret um, teachings man, of all ages. Teachings, yeah. Man, yeah Manly, Manly Hall and all that stuff. Like that, that stuff fascinates me more than anything, right? I want to just, like I've been saying this whole time, like, 
God, can't we just go back to just like being anti-war and talking mm. about like you know the Freemasons and all this stuff? Like, no, we got to be talking about <laughs> vaccines, you know, for another eight years until agenda 2030. Well, someone's got to do it. So I, <laughs> yeah. I commend you. I mean, yeah. me on this show, I, although I've had some episodes about it, it's, it's not my favorite topic yeah. and, and maybe I should, you know, use the platform wisely and, and, and do more yeah. episodes about that. But you know, every, to each his own, everybody brings their own element and there's, Holy there's dude. so much time in the day that people aren't just going to get info from yours or my show. You know, there's so, so much awesome stuff to engage with, but yeah, I, I think I think there's a particular connection there too because it's almost like they're putting us through this in you know medical torture for lack of a better word to close us off to our spiritual capabilities, yeah. our metaphysical capacities that we once learned about in maybe the esoteric schools that Manly P Hall was talking about and you know, I don't agree that maybe like they're they're still functioning that way and you could like end up in the Harry Potter, you know, school of of wizards or something. But there is that element of like once you wake up to some of these concepts, whether it's the power of positive thinking, you're talking about erasing negative self-talk like that's magic right there because you're controlling your mind. And there's a direct relation between your thoughts and, and your reality, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. And you know what? So much of so much of like just that right there, like like we have so much power and potential within us, but it's been so perverted and stripped down through these 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 whatever, you know, and we can blame them for whatever they spray in the sky, what they put in the food and the water and all this stuff. But also just the programming, the indoctrination, the childhood education, you know, that all this stuff has pulled us so far away from even exploring our potential. You know what I mean? And then of course, keeping us in the rat race every day, you know, just, just barely trying to make ends meet, you know, like we don't have time to sit and talk about and think about the actual human potential. Like, like if I were to just like focus on what I need to do to unlock my pineal gland and, and expand and, and all these, like they're trying to create life extension in a lab where it's like, you know, there's like biblical or ancient texts talking about people living hundreds of years. You know what I mean? We are so far away from, natural from nature from things that, that are just so good and, and pure and wholesome you know and 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 it's just so insane to think that like another another like like testament to that is just like the idea of like free energy you know i've, I've heard just in the last few days like several different like emerging technologies that could potentially deliver free energy and it's like they're still talking about windmills and freaking solar panels. Like, dude, that shit is played out. It doesn't work right. Get over it. Right. Like, like, please, like if, the, if all of this energy and all these trillion dollar climate bills, like if they were actually spending a penny of that on, on, on stuff to like bring about like free energy, they don't want humanity to thrive. They don't want us to be independent, self-sufficient. They don't want to unlock the potential of like, if we had free energy that would unlock the human potential in ways that we can't even imagine, you know, mm. all these things are just right there at our grasp, but it's like, it's almost like, it's just like this glass ceiling. Like we get to it, but we just can't break through and grab what's on the other side of it. You know, we're just like confined and so, again, we have to pull back and create our own, but I just don't let the government know if you find out a source of free energy. If you, if you get a car that runs on water, just try to keep that on the down low. But, you know yeah. what I mean? but it's like, like if all of the innovation and all the science and all the stuff was directed towards actually improving humanity and, and actually feeding, like, there's no reason why we can't feed everybody on Earth. Zero percent. You, 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 you need, in order for your narrative and your institutions to exist, you need an entire continent of starving people. 
you need an entire continent of all that for your little lies and your manipulation to to go on. You can't tell me that we could not feed every single person on this planet. You like McDonald's throws enough food every way every day to feed every person right. on the planet, man. Like this, you can't tell me that this is not fixable. Well, it's it's the same thing people. they do to our mind that they do to the earth. They compartmentalize it with monocrop agriculture. You're making yeah. a, a really great point, man, because. They, if they did it right in a way where people were educated on how to grow their own food in, a, in an abundance, in a cornucopia, or yeah. even, you know, then people wouldn't rely on, you know, all of this hullabaloo to get their food. They would have it right there when they stepped out of their front door. And, yeah, I mean, the trucking industry and all these things don't have to end. People are still going to want to get, you know, fancy things from other countries and, you know, all this stuff. But I think we, we really need to consider how we can make effective change in the systems that we take for granted. Because I myself, too, you know, for a, a big portion of my life, you know, we're just, we're just walking around taking everything for granted, eating junk food. That was a big one that I woke yeah. up to is like, wow, when I stopped eating that unhealthy, I actually felt better, smarter, more energy, like all of these things immediately shifted. I started changing the water I was drinking. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay, this is a part of the PSYOP. This is a part of the slow kill or the, the oppression keeping us down. And, and I think that it's interesting, like it feels like, you know, we talked about red state, blue state. It feels like in this conspiracy community, there's like the blue state mentality of like, Hey man, like we got to get our human rights. Like the, the government's got us down. And like, there's an element of that conspiracy that everyone can agree with left or right. If you are awake to this stuff. And then it seems like in the, the red States, there's more of like, yeah, the devil's going to kill us and there's demons and, and you know, the world's going to end. And like, so there, everybody has this like thought to like conspiritualize and, and, and it's a little bit of both on both sides. And to your point, like maybe there is some kind of weird energy demon that that's using sigil magic through these people who are in power and, or maybe they invoked it and they can't get rid of it or, or it's been here forever. And it's like some kind of alien race. I mean, We've run the gamut of those topics on this show, and I'm sure you've discussed them with all sorts of interesting people. But yeah, when it comes to the the vaccine topic, the most interesting and startling thing I've found is this concept that maybe they were trying to take our genetic code and maybe augment it or change it to be more similar to what we can call like for lack of a better word, Nephilim or Anunnaki DNA that they got in these like Sumerian, you know, caves or some some underground, you know, storage of, of artifacts. They found this like human remains. And I, that one really stood out to me because it was right at the beginning of the, the whole hullabaloo. And, and, and yeah, that was the stranger theory when it came to all that for, for me, at least. How about you? Oh, man, you know, oh, geez, if we're going to like COVID theories, we've heard everything from like, you know, oh, you got the shot and now you have like a like a Mac address or like an IP address. Right. They oh, that man. whole thing. Like these, these people, this person like hacked some system and like everybody who got the shot now has an IP address. There's that one or all the you don't hear much about the uh, what, what was it? The graphene oxide, like mm. the self assembling graphene. Oxide. I remember I that, that yeah. anymore. 
you know, or of course there was the, the, the water thing, the snake venom in the water thing. <laughs> it's like murder hornets, man, murder hornets. Yeah. 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 Not man, related like, to that, but yeah. I mean, who knows, who knows really what this is all about? You know, who knows, man? Like, like, like I feel like if nothing else, it was just blatant callous, just disregard profit driven disregard. Like they did not do the medical studies properly you know we know that now we absolutely know that now we have the evidence of it we have whistleblowers like brooke jackson i interviewed her you know she's mounting a huge billion dollar lawsuit against pfizer for their malpractice during the pfizer covid shot trials you know we have all the evidence that it was completely botched and and the data that they used to convince the government to mandate these shots is just complete shoddy bullshit if nothing else is negligence and they were negligent in order to gain a profit. Like that's at the very, very least, you know, on the far end of the spectrum, like, you know, people say like, why would they, if, if they, if this was malicious and they were trying to kill everybody or kill the people that take the shots, why would they kill all the people that were most compliant? Why, these are their people. These are their voting base. Why would they want to kill all them off? Mm. And, and my answer to that is like, well, they're, they want to kill all of us off. And they figured if they could just get all the dummies out of the way first, then they can just now have a targeted attack on the people that are left. Mm. You know, they can't, they can't leave these dummies around because once they do make their final move, they're all going to like be on our side all of a sudden, you know what I mean? So, you know, they're, they're just like, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to they figure, okay, the easiest way to just get all, get rid of all the dummies first and then we'll go from there. And I'm sorry, anybody that took the shot out there, I'm not trying to like call you a dummy. I'm just, I, I understand. You know what I mean? Like I don't, right. You know, well, not, to a certain to... extent, they, they made a dumb choice. They might not be dumb in the rest of their life, but yeah. they, if they looked at the facts and they did the research, they might come to that same conclusion. Like, oh, but shoot. I know, I know there's lots of people that are just waking up and there might be somebody who's listening to your show for the first time or something, you know what I mean? Who like, is just like, just learned about the world economic forum, like last mm. week or something. And they're like, I don't know. My God, like I took these shots and now it's like, oh my God, you know, like people are waking up like crazy. So I had to take that into consideration and realize that like. I don't, but see, I don't think one of the things that really stood out to me, we had a conversation with Judy Mikovits back in the Truthzilla days. And, you know, this was back when the shots had just started coming out and we were like, you know, is everybody that takes these shots going to die? And she was just like, no, hundred percent. Like you never underestimate the resilience of the human body. And even though we were literally attacked by this weapon called the COVID-19 vaccine, we were all like the humanity was, this is just like a literal like declaration of war against humanity. And we were all attacked by it. And a lot of people died from it. You know, even then, even still not everybody suffered the same effects and the human body has an amazing way of repairing itself. So don't, don't be fearful and don't write, don't write it off. Like, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I don't, I mean, I'll be honest, like, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm on like a couple dating apps, you know what I mean? Like, that's a deal breaker. Like, if I find right. out you've been, like, I put it on my profile, I say vaccinated equals unmatched, period. Boom. Not even going to do it, dude. I don't want, and it's not, I mean, the DNA, like the whatever funky DNA stuff going on, like, I probably don't want to be intimate with anything like that. But also like, you know, I kind of maybe I'm at the point in my life where I want to start a family and like, I would, I don't know, like, I don't know what, what effects it, it has on that. And then at the same time, I don't really want that person in my inner circle. Mm. Someone like for whatever reason, Oh, I did it for my job. That's the number one thing. I, oh, I had to do it for my job. Well, if you weren't willing to protect yourself or your family against this thing, like, I don't really want you in my inner circle. I'm just, I'm sorry. But like, you know, I'll love you from, from a distance. Like I'll, I'll be your friend, but right. I don't know, man. That's kind of my philosophy. And maybe it's hard 
And maybe I should just lighten up on that. But at the same time, I don't know. No, I don't blame you at all. I'm blessed to have met the girl that I met. And and the time that I did, it was right around the the midpoint from this point in time that we're talking. And and I'd known her for a few years, but I didn't realize when I first met her how similar we saw the world. And and yeah, it's really been a blessing. Like, oh, yeah, I can't imagine being on Tinder nowadays. Well, so here's here's a funny thing, dude. Like, like that's actually another reason why I moved out here. because like, dude, right, right. Being on those fucking apps out in Oregon. Oh God, I can only imagine (laughs) a lot of different multicolored hairs and and all kinds of weird code language in their bios. (laughs) Yeah, there's no dating pool at all out there. So that that was my hope. I want to. I wanted to come out here. That's awesome. Meet a girl girl with a southern drawl. Well, hey man, you know, put that out on the podcast. I'll tell you what. I mean, my I'll say it. I'll be honest. My girlfriend thought it was so cool that I had a podcast, and I only had fifteen episodes done, like at that point in time. So yeah, put put it out there, man. I think I think you you might have a few crushes that you didn't know about that are listening in the in the audience, you know. So some secret admirers, rather. But uh, there you go. But yeah, how about your boy? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. No, and and you know, on the point of you know, like the the doubt of like, well, why would they do that to their own people? Like, I'll give you a personal example. My grandmother worked for Bear. She's an immigrant. Mm-hmm. She moved from French Canada, and she worked at Bear. And one of the stories she told me was that they would give some of their products out to the employees for free to test them to be tests you know test rabbits test dummies so to speak you know lab rats and she was raised on a farm and and had the mentality of like well i don't i'm not gonna trust that and and i don't use that kind of stuff so she never took it took the bait but you know if they'll do that to their own employees you know and, and also keep in mind a lot of those companies they're based in in germany right so it's 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 a whole rabbit hole a, a, a dangerously sticky web but you're unraveling it and you're doing a good job yeah. of it with your rebunked podcast and and i like owning that because debunked for the longest time was a, a weaponized phrase so yeah let's take that back let's rebunk things and show people yeah. how bunked their theories are while they question us with our tinfoil hats on as the sky is is radiating their brains or, or yeah. whatever is coming at us but either way scott this has been so much fun getting to know you talking to you i know we've spoken once before and we've spoken many times on the union of the unwanted you're a regular on the union of the unwanted so people can check you out there but they could also check you out on the rebunked podcast you search that now but in the future it might be rebunked news podcast or rebunk news now i think uh, i got the monopoly on the name so just type in rebunked and it should yeah. pop up yeah yeah right on well yeah, scott podcast player yeah anything else you want to plug any meetups that are coming up soon that you want people to uh, know about it and we got some listeners down there shout out to stone antone i know my boy stone antone is down there in your yeah. area yeah man you know the only meetup that we actually i'm driving to also labor day weekend going up to missouri for the first natural national bertaria meetup so i'm going to meet a lot of these folks they're doing a big national meetup there and i think there's gonna be lots and lots of people there so i'm stoked about that right on but yeah man just rebunk.news is the website just go check it out you can get all the links there mark thank you man like it's been great catching up and sitting down and chatting with you man like i respect everything that you're doing man like i know you're you do a lot of good work behind the scenes for the thank community you. as well in addition to your your show and you've just been crushing man so thank yeah, you man, thank you so much for having me on i really appreciate it 
Thank you. Yeah, that, that means a lot coming from you. And like you said earlier, we, we started around similar times and I'm glad to see you still at it. And I hope we continue oh, yeah. to grow together. And yeah, everyone listening, you can find Rebunked on whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, I'm sure. And, and yeah, thank you so much, Scott. Any last thoughts there? Well, I was going to say, dude, like, can I put this out on my of plug, course, plug, like a swap cast. So yeah, plug, plug, your, plug your stuff too for my folks. Thank you. Yes, we did. We did briefly talk about that. So yeah, I took the lead here, but this is nice. You your go. your audience might appreciate you being in the in the guest seat if they're used to you yeah. interviewing people. Totally. So if folks like my style, they can go to myfamilythinksomecrazy.com. If you have a podcast, hit us up and become a part of our free podcast cooperative, Alt Media United. We have a website and, and that's about it. I got a bunch of other shows that I do, all of which could be found on myfamilythinksomecrazy.com. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate you, dude. All right, Scott, thank you so much. And for my audience out there, thank you so much. And enjoy the moment wherever you are in the now. And also the rebunked audience. Why, dis why discount yeah. them? Get on in here in this ever-expanding now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the show. And what an episode, a nice conversation with Scott Armstrong, former host of Truthzilla. I joined him on that show a while ago, so it was nice to reconnect and have him on this show uh, here on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. He's now the host of the Rebunked News show. Uh, you can find that wherever you're listening to this, I suppose. And, uh, you know, all of the alternative places like Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, uh, Scott is very much akin to everything we're doing with Alt Media United. If you're not familiar, go to altmediaunited.com and you can find a whole bunch of really great podcasts like the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. And if you want to join me on this show, you're not sure quite how, you can get in touch with me via email, mfticpodcast at gmail.com or you can go to my link tree and sign up to be a part of the synchro wisdom dialogue you don't necessarily have to be an author or a researcher or even have a, a podcast or a youtube channel you could just be a normal regular old joe with a story to tell or maybe you have some questions you'd like my advice maybe you want to start your own podcast and you, you don't know where to start go over to the link tree the link is in the description and you could sign up to talk to me for 30 60 90 minutes up to you uh, and then while you're at it check out all of the interesting things we are offering in our Kofi store I just put out a new booklet on bibliomancy and divination so check that out if you want to learn more about how you can use books to predict your future uh, we got the Teespring store rocking I put some posters and some mugs in there about time you start cozying up your apartment you're gonna need a mug and into the warmer months or i'm sorry into the colder months and put a poster on the wall if you're gonna be spending more time inside check it out we got a bunch of cool stuff there as well as a really awesome new t-shirt design everything is organic it's a yin yang symbol designed by yours truly we got the rockfin the patreon rockin i just put early release conversation with steven snyder on the rockfin go sign up and check that out it's also available on the patreon as well so go over to patreon you get 
all of the early release episodes at least a week ahead of time. This episode's already been up for a few days now. And next week, or this entire week's episodes are already on the Patreon. So if you can't wait, you want to hear what's going to come out Wednesday, possibly Friday, sign up on the Patreon today and get it all right now. Uh, And of course, if you want to support the show and help me get better equipment and you know pay for all the production stuff that goes into this show send a one-time donation that really really helps we're hoping to get up to the wicked planet podcast studio the haunted garage to be specific this month to visit ron from new england and do a podcast in person maybe get some of ron's stories from back when he was in the criminal underground of New England. So if you want to help me get up to New Hampshire, which is about a four or five hour drive from where I'm at right now, uh, send us a one-time donation and we'll be creating some really cool bonus content as well. There's a number of sacred sites in between here and New Hampshire and some in New Hampshire. And Ron's going to take us on a little tour of the mountains. So yeah, it'd be cool if we could, you know, fund uh, like a GoPro or something, you know, if, if enough people sent a donation or if one generous person sent a large donation, maybe we could afford to get a GoPro and film it and put it on the Patreon. I do want to get out of the studio. Right now, the only cameras I have are webcam cameras. So, and yeah, a phone camera, but you only got so much storage on a phone. And, um, yeah so the one-time donations really help with that and you know really when you listen to the show you're supporting the show so i appreciate you whether or not you donate to the show your time is valuable and you're spending it here with us so i appreciate you for that and if you have the time leave us a five-star rating and review if you send me a screen share of your rating and review dm it to me uh, instagram or telegram or email I will send you a sticker free, free of charge. All you got to do is leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple or wherever you listen to the show. Uh, Primarily Apple, we want to get that 4.7 up to maybe like a 4.8 or 4.9, but it's not bad. It's just one particular person who seems to keep updating their review. Uh, (laughs) They drop a star each time, so can't please everybody but yeah uh please help fight against the trolls and leave a honest genuine five star rating and review uh and of course like i said value for value show we're putting out almost six to eight hours of content a week i mean it could be on the larger side of that most of the time 12 episodes a month that adds up to almost a whole day's worth of content every month so if you find value in that please send some value back our way whether it's with a a rating and review a donation signing up to be a subscriber all of that helps this show stay on the tracks grooving moving flowing and growing but until next time i'm mystic mark You are you out there listening, and I hope you immerse yourself in the moment wherever you are in the now.
couple of weeks of shows. You know? Mark is doing a great job, even yeah. though he drives me fucking nuts yeah. sometimes. He's great. No, he's done a great job. He's done a great job. Good job, Mark. You can call uh, me Mark Palmer. Mark Palmer's cool. Mark Palmer's... It's a beautiful day to be alive. Motherfuckers. It's a beautiful day. Beautiful day. It's a beautiful day to be alive. That's all I got to say. I don't think it's about money. I think they have so much. It's just about... It's a spiritual war, dude. It's so much farther. There's more power with spring flowers than pseudo-intellectuals filled by hate with the face sour. When it comes to the hour of reckoning, recollect, reconnect with days happening. Yeah, are you frowning or laughing? Are you making the brain or barely passing? Caught in the asinine like the afterlife. Obsessed with darkness after you master light. Cause it's faster than a blink. When it's a bastard latched to the clank, clang, the money don't mean a damn thing. Think happiness ain't coming from the bank, dang. I'm out here daydreaming. The spirit's the egg, the self is the semen. Uh, and that's cause life is the child. And it takes a village to give it the inner style. So if your family think you crazy, mm, and you ain't got a village, no, you always got a place here. Come kick it, we chillin'. Exactly, dude. You get it, bro. You're so smart, everybody. You're so smart. Feel like I'm waking up for the first time. Crusty's on my third eye, but I'm back to the grind. Pop the blinds open, let the sun shine. Feel it on my skin like it's been sometimes. Sometimes depression got me flaking like Sisyphus. Others got me messing with mania like Icarus. And meditation helps with the sickness. Some say it's human condition, but it just isn't. There's more power in spring flowers. The circular thoughts that leave the mind devoured. Blurred lines between reality and fiction. And some politicians get dirtier than dishes. But for a minute, just forget about the government. I'm looking at you and I and where the love went. Cause we don't need a fucking village full of cynics. Need a family to foster a life worth living if it isn't. And your family think you crazy. Yeah. And you ain't got a village. I know you always got a place here. Come kick it, we chillin', yeah. I'm a conspiracy boy. That's all I got to say. Mark Palmer's cool. How are you, brother? I'm great, man. How are you?